Good evening, kings and queens. It's your girl, Rigo Rebecca, and you guys are listening to Queen's Club Radio. I want to thank you if you're coming back to the second one for being here with me today. And if this is your first episode or your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, So I got a lot of great feedback and listeners on that last episode and just some congratulations on me starting a podcast. And I just want to thank each and every person that reached out to me or that clicked play or that actually took the time to find my podcast and listen to it. You guys don't know how much that means to me. Um, You guys are awesome. And again, this is about us. So please keep it coming. If you feel like you connected with something, please reach out. Let me know. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask me. Um, So yeah, as you guys see, with today's episode, there's going to be some intense moments. So I do ask that if you got kids, you don't want them to hear some things, to please not have them around. Um, and also, my podcast has been approved and it's going to be played on several different platforms. We have Google Podcasts. Um, you can find it on the Apple, um, on your Apple products. Um, but there isn't, I wasn't able to subscribe to it on the Apple product that I have. However, you can still catch it on Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, um, Public Radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, Radio Public. And then, of course, you can always listen and subscribe through Anchor. So if you guys would um, please subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And also, if when I post something, share something so maybe somebody else can come across it too, I would greatly appreciate that. All right, you guys. So I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the first um, that first experiences that I had in life and ones that have been important to me and my growth and my journey and ones that have shaped me and ones that make me false, or fight so hard to be on this journey and to continue progressing on this journey of self-love. Um, each day it could be a battle and then some days it could be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um but as I push through this assignment, I do find a lot of uh, it's a struggle for me to be so transparent and so vulnerable um, with what I'm going to share. It's heavy. It's heavy on my heart. So I just ask that you guys send me positivity um, and blessings. And yeah, let's get started. So it was July 24th, 2019. Oh, why do I keep saying 2019? 2009, 2009. <laughs> and my homegirl hit me up about this opportunity for me to make a little extra money. And I was broke because I was working at a high school at the time and we were out for the summer. So I was young. I didn't have any money and I really didn't want to get another job. I just kind of wanted to relax and enjoy the summer. So she let me know that if I were to do amateur night at Pantera's, that this guy was willing to throw like 400 ones. And I'm like, dang, that sounds like easy money, good money. But I was really like nervous. Like, I don't want to show my body to a whole bunch of strangers. Right. So I was like, going back and forth, going back and forth. So eventually I ended up deciding that I was going to do it. Like, whatever. You only live once. Right. So I'm standing on stage. It's me and like six other women. And my heart is like not even beating inside my chest. It is out my chest. It has already exploded. I am nervous. I feel like I just want to throw up. Now, mind you, I had to get extremely wasted to be on this stage. I wasn't wasted to the point where I couldn't like comprehend and move and take care of myself, but your girl was gone. Like I was not there all the way. 
And I remember my homegirl just telling me, do not go first. Whatever you do, do not be the first person. Do not stand in the front of the line. And I'm like, damn, okay, I'm not going to be first then. Shoot, let me stand. So I was like, let me stand in the middle, right? I'm going to just be right here because I don't want to wait too long because I'm going to be nervous watching everybody else go. Like, uh. So I stood in the middle. Now, mind you, I'm 6'3 with heels on. Um, and I'm like the biggest one there. So he walking up and down. The MC is going back and forth. And he was like, all right, all right, y'all. We got a line up. Whoop, wop, wop. And he walked straight up to me. All right, ma'am, what's your name? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, damn, what is my name? I have no idea. I've been freaking out so much about being on stage, but I never, ever thought to come up with a stage name. So I just went with what I had on my email at the time. And I was like, I'm Queen Diva. <laughs> And now that I look back at it, I'm like, that is the wackest stripper name ever. But it was me, so that's who I was. And so they put on some too short. And anybody who knows me know I love me some too short. So I'm like, hey, okay. And once I just heard the music and I started dancing and that money started flying, I have forgotten all about how nervous I was and how much I didn't want to be up there and how nervous I was for people to actually see my body like, all that went out the window. And it wasn't like I was having sex and I was used to somebody seeing me naked. Nah, I was a virgin. Nobody had ever seen my body like that. And here I am in a room full of strippers, getting my groove on, and money is flying. And at that point in my life, I haven't hadn't seen so much money falling around me in and in ever. So I was just like, what? I was on a high. I was like invigorated. I felt so desired. And I just kind of felt low-key powerful. Like, oh my God, like everybody's done this money to see me dance. Like what? Now, mind y'all, I got a problem with approval and all that kind of stuff too at the time. So it was just, it was all twisted. But hey. I was making my coins and that's all that mattered at the time. So I win second place that night and I get dressed and go back out to the um to the club and guys are asking me, why you get dressed? I wanted to dance. Da -da -da -da. You shouldn't have got dressed and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like I can go change or whatever, but laughing it off or whatever. So my sister got um, a drink for me. My homegirl's like, you did a good job, whatever. She works at the club, mind you. And so I'm just drunk. I'm tricking money back off on her. I'm getting dances from other women. And she was like, stop tricking your money back in the damn club. We don't need your money. And she didn't. She was super guapped out. They used to call her Miss Pantera. She was like one of the, no, the best stripper I have ever seen in my entire life. She was like, she was an Olympian at the damn sport. Like, yo, she was so bomb. But anyway, so coming off this high of feeling all desired and invigorated and just ready to take life by the horns, I hit up this guy that I had been dealing with, Juice, at the time. And I wouldn't say really dealing with it. It was more like he had been on my head for like the last year trying to get me to be with him or just give him a chance. And he was way younger than me, or about three years younger than me. So I was like, nah, I can't do that. Like, you're like my little brother. We all ran in the same circle. He was good with my cousins. I was best friends with his big brother. So like we seen each other all the time. We ran with the same people. And I was just like, no, like you're a little boy. I can't be doing that. Like, uh-uh. Like we're just brother and sister. Like it was the little knucklehead boy I like you and you ain't got no time of day for him and then your homegirls be like calling you his name and stuff they used to call me oh lady juice lady juicy and like make fun of me and shit like that so that's who he was 
but he was the only man right now, our boy at the time that was consistent enough and I felt cool enough and close enough with to that I was willing to do it with. So I hit him up like, hey, what's good? I'm about to come through and like, what's about to go down? And he was like, what are you, are you tripping? You lying? And I'm like, no, I'm for real. Like it's about to go down. Like I'm, I'm about to give you, I'm about to give him my virginity. Like, let's do it. And he was like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it, but I guess I'll see you later then, right? And I was like, yep, I'll be over there in a minute. So I stopped, give me some food, and head to the um, to the deal. And he was at my cousin's house, mind you. So all my people's there, and I'm trying to keep this under wraps. Cause I don't want everybody knowing I'm about to have sex. Like, I'm the good girl, and I want to keep that image, but I want to toot it up. <laughs> So anyway, I get to my cousin's house. I'm stunned. I'm walking the house, empty out the purse with all the money or the bag with all the money. And I'm counting my money and stuff. He helping me count. And I'm like, okay, we'll call him so we can get some of this. Call him so we can get some whoop-de-wops. And like, let's just have a good night. Now, mind you, our homeboy, Ja'Cory, was there. And I think other people were there. But honestly, to be truthful, which I, I really did not remember all the details of this night. So we getting it popping. Um, we just turning up. We drinking, listening to music, having a good old time. Next thing you know, the sun is coming up. And I'm like, damn, it's morning time. So he's like, I'm about to go take a shower. Why don't you go up to the room and wait for me? And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm about to go up there. Y'all, I could barely walk up the dang stairs. I was just like, Oh my God. Like I started sweating. My palms are all clammy. My heart was racing. And I'm just thinking like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm really nervous. This is going to hurt too bad. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. That's all I can keep thinking. It's going to hurt so bad. And I'm mainly like, I used to always say, I'm not about to be having sex. That's going to hurt me. Uh Uh-uh. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt. And my friends are like, you're so stupid. Like it's not going to hurt the whole time. Like it's not going to keep hurting. And I'm like, whatever. I'm not having sex. It's going to hurt. So I'm laying in the bed. I hear the shower go off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's about to come in here. (laughs) He opens the door. He comes in. And so he's just looking at me. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Why is he staring at me like that? What's going on right now? And so, you know, he takes off his pants. Takes off my stuff. And we start engaging in each other's presence and just... You know, getting it popping. But we're just running into some issues. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, like, is this my fault that this is happening? Like, why isn't it? We had some erectile issues. And I'm like, is this my fault? Like, is it because I'm not good? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm tripping out in my head. But I'm like, nah, there's no way it can't be good. Like, this is my first time. Like, (laughs) and so long story short, we got back on track. Things are working well now. Um, and so, yeah, my virginity was taken. And I'm sorry, cousin, in your bedroom. Um, I love you. If you didn't know, you do now. My bad. But I was just like, I kind of could have waited because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't like the movies. It wasn't anything super romantic. It was just like, okay, wham, bam, this is done now. All right, cool. You've lost your virginity, just like everybody else. And I used to feel such a sense of pride in having my virginity because I felt like it made me special. It set me apart from everybody else, you know? But at this point, it was like, whatever. I just was ready to do it. So I did. And there's so much that I could tell you that happened after that. And you know, those 
if you knew a decision was going to change the course of your life and the direction that you were supposed to go, how you wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's definitely how the morning of my virginity, like five to noon, just even an increment, like a half of what I know about all the stuff that I went through, I definitely, definitely would still be a virgin today. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to clank, clank until I get married. Like, I really would have waited and kept my virginity until I got married if that was the case. But I didn't. So, you know, ain't no use in crying over spilled milk. So some of the things that happened, one of the first things I experienced with him um, is just the total change from wanting me so bad and like dang near begging me and always on my head about being with me and how I'm so beautiful to the whole, oh no, you know, we're just friends. You're not my girlfriend. Why are you sweating me like that? Like I can talk to other people type deal. And I was just like, you know what? Whatever. I was just doing a lot of things at the time. So I was kind of like, I was hurt and I was pressing him a little bit, but it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? Screw it. So some time goes by um, and I'm going to just jump around because if I tried to tell this whole story, we'd be here like for at least a week (laughs) because I spent many, many years dealing with a lot of issues and dealing with him. So we'll jump a few years ahead or after. Um, I'm like 21 now and I got my own apartment. And in between that time, you know, I had actually lived with him, his mom, his brother and his pops and my best friend Sabrina stayed with us too. Um, And it's so funny because as time went on, he used to always tell me, you know, fat meat is greasy, fat meat is greasy. And I used to be like, what do you mean by that? Like, what the hell does that mean? And he was like, it means you keep talking that um, I'll hit you. And I'm like, boy, you ain't going to hit me. Like, we'll be fighting. And I'm going to whoop that. Whoop you. I'm talking my mess because I ain't about to back down to nobody. And he was like, all right, well, we're going to see one day. I said, you ain't going to hit me. You can stop lying to yourself. And in my mind, even though this man is telling me that he would hit me, I'm like, please. Like, I wish he would. And just be careful what you wish for because sometimes wishes and dreams do come true. (laughs) So... The first time he put his hands on me, I had ended up gangbanging with him. And we were in the backyard with all the homies from the set. And supposedly I had lied on bloods, right? And so when you lie on bloods, you get chin checked or whatever. And so he was like, all right, well, put your chin out. He's like, you better not put it too high. Don't be acting like you ain't scared. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I looked at him and I'm like, whatever. So I threw my shit high in the sky. And next thing you know, I felt contact, pain, and out. I was on the ground. I was like, literally, he slept me. I was in the dirt with all the homies around. And I was humiliated. I remember coming to and just like, oh, my God. Like, I'm in the dirt. Like, what the hell? People trying to help me up. And I'm like, no, don't touch me. And I get up and I'm trying to clean myself off. And I could just feel like this intense pain in the left side of my face like it felt like my face was on fire and I just looked at him and I'm enraged like what the like what's wrong with you why would you hit me like that and I pushed him and he was like you know you can't be lying on blood and I pushed him and I went in the house and pops was like is you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine pops I'm just tired I'm gonna go to sleep and he was like hmm all right then and so I'm stumbling up the stairs and I get into that bathroom y'all and I look at my face and I just, and I like heat went through my whole body. I was so pissed off and I was just, 
whew, I was enraged and I started crying and the tears were hot coming down my face. The entire left side of my face looked like it, like it was inflated with air. Like my whole face was just swollen. It was hot to touch. It was just like something had burst and blew up my entire face. And I was just mortified. Like, oh my God, like I have to go to work. I have to talk to people. I have to walk around like this. Like, like, how am I going to explain this to people? How am I going to explain this to my mama? He ended up coming upstairs into the bathroom. And he was just like, oh, my God, babe. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Now, mind y'all, nobody knows that we're having this intimate relationship. Everybody thinks that we're like brother and sister or something. Because he don't want to claim me. And he don't want nobody to know that basically we're screwing each other. And I'm emotionally invested. Or I'm everything invested at this point. And so he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, you can't be on this hood shit because this is just too much. Like, the in-house relationship and the out-the-house, like, this is just too much. I can't be doing this, da 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 Acting all remorseful. And, like, he just was so sad and he didn't mean to hurt me like that. And that's when I should have known, like, yeah, it's time for you to let this go. But unfortunately, I didn't because in my mind, oh, it was just on the hood side of things. Like, on the inside in the house, he won't do anything like that so twisted but so I jumped to a few years later right I get my first apartment I'm super excited I got me a one bedroom one bath apartment for less than $500 I'm in the game I'm working I'm feeling myself I'm young I'm feeling accomplished I was really really excited and so off rip I guess I've just always been the person to kind of like open my home to people because I've seen my mama do it so much. So I already had my niece living with me. And then two of the people from, two of the homies from the set were living with me. So I already had a house full of my first, like, I want to say maybe I was there maybe a week or two by myself. And other than that, I had people staying with me. And so lo and behold, I get like the apartment like in September, I think. And he ends up moving in very shortly after. Um, so now I got like four or five people living in this one bedroom apartment, right? And, and so I'm the only one working. Everybody else just stays home and like supposed to be hustling, trying to make more money, right? I'm not charging anybody rent. Everybody's staying there free as hell. And... I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm washing clothes. I'm just trying to do everything at this point so he'll see like, yep, this is who I want to be with. Like, she's a good ass woman. She's the one for me. And it's like the harder I kept trying, the more he kept pulling away. And the more I gave him everything, the more he never had to fight for me. And it went from him begging for my attention to me trying to beg for his attention. And it was like, man, how the tables have turned. And I went through so many bad experiences in this house. I remember one time, this is the first time a man had ever made me feel so low. And I still wanted to try to find ways to make it better. Now, I'm a very sexual person. And so I'm trying to, you know, get some, get some cut. <laughs> and he looks at me and he was like, ugh you know what, like, why don't you make me want to have sex with you? Like, ugh. And he's telling me, ugh. Now, mind you, like I said, I'm working. I didn't put him on. I didn't brought work so that he could be a hustler. I'm putting the money in your pockets. 
I'm cooking, I'm washing your drawers, I'm making sure everything's straight, I'm making sure we got a place to rest our head every single night, and you gonna tell me ill, make me want to have sex with you? And instead of going off on him, like, why don't you make me, like, why aren't you worthy of me even trying to be having some sex with you? Like, and going in and just telling him about himself, the very next day I get up and I go to the gym, like, feeling like there's something more I could be doing. Like, oh my God, like, I'm too big. Maybe that's why he don't want to have sex with me. Mind you, he's 6'2", 317. So it's not like he a small dude. Like, you big too. You could have been at the gym with me too and motivated me, encouraging me to help us lose weight together. But you want to be on my head talking down to me. And so another time, y'all, oh my goodness, I wanted to spend time with my God, baby. And I went and picked her up from the East Valley of Phoenix. And I brought her home, and he got a full-fledged function going on. I had no idea about, and he had no idea I was bringing a baby home. And so he felt like I was trying to trap him to see how it would be between us and a baby in the mix. And so that night when everybody left, I'm in the room. He asked me to come out, the baby sleep. And I'm like, what's up? And he was like, why would you do that? Why would you have bring that baby here? He's like, I was so embarrassed. All my friends here and you walk in with a baby. And I'm like, okay, but this is my house and I wanted to see my God baby. So yeah, I walked in. He was like, but you should have ran that by me, don't you think? And I'm like, why should I have to run this by you? Like, and he was like, because like, are you trying to say like, I'm I'm not the man of this house? Da, 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 da. And of course I buckle down. Yeah, like you are, but still. But still nothing. And he was like, like, I don't want to see no babies. And I'm like, why are you tripping out so much? Like, it's just a baby. Like, she's not going to stay here forever. She's just staying for the weekend. And he was like, because I feel like you're trying to be on some sneak shit. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? And he was like, you trying to make me see how having a baby is with you. And I don't want a child with you. And he was like, the thought of having a baby with you makes me sick to my stomach. And I'm just like, I feel like somebody just hit me with a pile of bricks right in my stomach. Like my stomach dropped, my mouth got dry and I'm just staring at him like, what the fuck? Like, why would you say that to me? And he was like, yeah, like, I don't want to have no babies with you. He was like, I don't never have kids with you. That made me sick to my stomach. That, that's disgusting. And I was like, I had no words. All I could think was, damn, like, I'm not even good enough. You don't even want to have kids with me. Like, okay so i just left i go in the room and i just cry myself to sleep holding my god baby like wow and even still after all the mental abuse that i was getting i started believing that i was nasty i was disgusting and i was the one who wasn't good enough for him like i needed to do better i needed to do more and i was maxed out i had no more to give so um I started turning more to drugs, you know, prior to this, I was already popping pills and drinking and smoking weed and things like this, but it wasn't enough. I did still could feel too much pain and I didn't want that. So I started smoking meth and I just kept trying to take myself out with it. Like I just would buy it and I would smoke like by myself. I didn't want to share with nobody. And I would just try to smoke as much as I could, like overdose and just make me numb but nothing ever made me numb enough so i just kept smoking more and smoking more i remember the first time i felt my body starving i had been up for like nine days straight 
And I guess I didn't, well, you have no appetite when you smoke meth. And I was walking out the kitchen and I dropped the lighter and I went to pick down and it felt like my stomach ripped open from the bottom all the way to the top on the right side, up through my titty to like my neck. And it was the most intense pain that I have ever felt. It was so excruciating. And I just like fell to the floor and I was started screaming and everyone's looking at me like, what's wrong? And Juice looks at me, he was like, you need to eat something. You have to eat. He was like, you're starving. Your body's like about to go out. And I was like, I don't want to eat. Like I, I just done, like I can't, I don't want to do it. And he was like, you have to eat. Like you're going to die if you don't. And so like they made me force down like a can of pineapples and Part of me was so mad and I was like, I wonder if I just waited another day if I didn't say anything. Like maybe I would have been able to die from starvation. Maybe I wouldn't have been able or had to been here to keep feeling this pain, just feeling like worthless. Like if I'm here or if I go, nobody's gonna care. So why don't I just let myself go out? Like, and that's what I would try to do. I would be in the bathroom, my um in the bathroom just smoking and smoking and telling myself like you're stupid, black bee. I hate you. Like, I just want you to die. Like, you you won't die. Like, you're dumb. And I just started repeating that to myself constantly. So I guess what I was trying to do was beat myself down so much that when he did it, it didn't hurt anymore. But it still hurt. It hurt a lot. And so at this point, not only am I broken, so I really can't shine any more light or anything on anyone. And that's when other females start getting into the mix. Now, mind you, behind closed doors, when it's just us, it's like this whole magical relationship in my mind, right? Yeah, I know. I said magical. And even though I'm getting beat and going through the mud, I still felt like I have something. So other chicks start getting thrown into the mix. We had a neighbor and she was living with her baby daddy and her son, but she really, really liked him. And she would be telling me about all the time, like, oh, you know, I think your brother's really cute. Da, 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 da. Does he have a girlfriend? Now, if I were to ever say anything and let somebody know that we were together, like probably would have been another beaten. Um, and so I never really said anything. I just stayed in my lane and in my place and like oh well I'll let him know and like the dummy I told him like hey you know who do like you and she said you're really cute and he was like are you for real and I'm like yep now mind you I'm going to work every day her baby daddy going to work every day who knows what's going on but I knew something was happening between them and so this one day I didn't end up going to work and her baby daddy did so I go into the shower in the bathroom. I'm taking a shower and things like that. And so when I get out, I'm walking. I hit the left to go to the room and my uh, living room was to the right of me. I look and they are on my couch and she's on top of him and she is going to town. And I'm just like, do I kill them or do I just, do I just like, what do I do here? Like I was frozen and then I just turned and I went in my room and I just hit the floor y'all and you know when you just like you're screaming but no sound will come from your body like your body just will not let it come out and I'm just crying 
And I just felt so low and so weak. And I'm just like, you're really just going to let them screw each other right there on your couch? You're not going to say nothing? You're not going to do nothing? And all I could think to do was just like, I have to leave. Like, I need to leave right now because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how long I laid on that floor, but by the time I got up, she was gone and he wasn't in the living room. So I'm like, good, I'm just going to grab some clothes from the dryer and I'm just going to get out of here. Um, he catched me by the dryer and he's like, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. Like, I just threw up in the bathroom. Like, I'm sick to my stomach right now. I can't believe I did that to you. Like, I know better. I shouldn't have done that. And I just looked at him and I said, it looks like a lot of things make you sick to your stomach, but you keep doing them. So I just leave and I'm like, I got to get out of here. And he was like trying to kiss up on me and I'm pushing him away like, nope, I have to get out of here. Like, don't talk to me. Don't call me. Don't text me. I'm out. I'll be back when I'll be back. And I just left and I went and got my nails done and just tried to beautify myself, did some retail therapy. I went shopping. I was just done. Like, I could not believe that he would go so far to sleep with somebody in our house. Like, the house that I'm providing for us. But it's like, when you think back about it, when I think back about it, I'm like, that statement that somebody will only do what you allow them to, it's so true. And I kept saying, you got to put your foot down. You got to put your foot down. But it was so far gone that it's like, me putting my foot down is only going to get me in a more effed up situation. And and then what? Then what am I going to do? And so some time passes. Um, we ended up moving into a new apartment. Um, he has this girl that he's really into now. Her name's Marlene. And they were dating for a little bit. But she decided she want to stay with the dude that she got a baby by. And he ends up getting his feelings hurt. And he comes to me like, I'm so sorry. Like, this shit hurt. I guess it really don't feel good when somebody chooses somebody else over you. And I'm just looking at him like, you are so dumb. Like, I just can't. I can't think about it anymore. Like, I just really can't. And he had this major freak out. And I'm guessing it was just God's way of intervening and saving me and saving him or trying to save him. But he was just praying and he just kept asking God to forgive his transgressions, known and unknown. And he just kept repeating that, repeating that with his eyes closed. And he was screaming and he was on his knees. And I tried to touch him and like, you know, and he jumped back in fear. And he was like, <sighs> and I'm like, wow, something. OK, so he's just really having a moment with God. He needs to be alone. So I had the people who was in the house leave and we we're outside just chilling and I was like, let me go check on him again. I just felt like at this time, like it would be okay. And so I went in to check on him. All right, you guys. So I'm going to back up a little bit because one of the things that I have to share, and I keep trying to go over it, but it doesn't feel right to continue on when I know that there's something that I got to really get off my chest. So before we moved out of that apartment, the first my first apartment, there was this time where we came up on a car and I was going to go cash my check. And so I was really excited. And he was like, where are you going? 
And I'm like, oh, I'm about to go cash my check. I'll be right back. And he was like, no, you ain't going nowhere. You're not about to drive that car. And I was like, look, you're not about to tell me that I'm not about to go out and cash my check. That's exactly what I'm about to do. You need to get out of my way. And he was telling me like, who do you think you're talking to? Like, do you, he's like, whoop your. I said, well, you know what? Today you're just going to have to do it because I'm going out and the gas just check. Like, I got to pay bills. Like, you're tripping. Move out of my way. And I don't know if I was just fed up and I was just tired of being broken down and beaten. Um, but I was just not going to give up that day. I wanted to get out the house. I wanted to cash that check. I know I had things to do. And so he started hitting on me and I'm pushing back. I'm like, stop fucking touching me. Don't touch me. And so he hit me and I think I hit him back. And next thing you know, he grabbed me and he threw me into my room, out the living room. Now, mind y'all, I'm a big girl. It's going to take a lot for me to be just picked up and thrown. So as I'm flying through the air, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he just picked me up and threw me. So I hit the wall of my bedroom and I hit my bed. And as I look up, he's barreling toward me. And the only thing I could think is, oh, my God, like, fight, like fight with everything you have or you're going to die. And so I start kicking and punching and kicking and punching. And as he collides with me, he's just taking them and taking them. He grabbed me by my throat and he's just choking me. And it's like, it's so hard to breathe. And I'm like, trying to yell like get off me and I'm trying to push him up but he's just too strong and like it's at the point where I can't even fight no more like I'm trying to kick my legs and he's getting my legs down excuse me and so he takes off his pants and I'm like stop leave me alone like get off of me and I'm telling him Please get off me. Please get off me. And he rips up my dress that I had on. And then he starts having sex with me. And I keep asking him to stop, stop. He smells so bad. Like he hadn't taken a shower in days. And his eyes just look dead, like glazed over and dead. And I just got to a point where I stopped fighting and I just laid still. And I remember asking myself, like, am I getting raped right now? And then I just told myself, like, nah, like, this is just Jordan. Like, it's just Jews. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, it'll be over soon. And I guess I had suppressed it down because... I just couldn't deal with it for a long time. And it wasn't until this year, actually, (laughs) that I was able to realize that I was sexually assaulted in that moment and to be able to actually start dealing with it. And you know, the creator works in so many mysterious ways. It wasn't until I realized what happened to me that day that I can actually move forward in my journey of self-love because God showed me that that is the day that I lost hope for my life. That is the day that I lost my light. I let it just get turned off. And from that day forward, I've been a shell of who I was meant to be, a shell of who I wanted to be. 
a shell of who I wanted to be. And it was a really, really traumatic experience. And then afterward, he just made me get up. He was like, come on, we're going to go. I'm going to drive you. And then I'm like, I need to take a shower. He was like, you're not taking no damn shower. You're going to go in this car. You're going to go. I'm going to take you to cash your check. And I just remember sitting in the car and I just was crying and crying. And I was just trying to be silent so nobody could hear that I was crying. But all I could do, I could just feel my my private part was like on fire. And it smelled like him. It was pretty horrible. So that happened. And um you would think that after all that that he put me through that I would have been able to see everything for what it was, but I wasn't. I honestly believe that if God hadn't found a way to intervene, not even found a way because he could intervene at any time, but that I would have been stuck there. And that's why he put Juice in a situation where he couldn't stay in the house with me any longer. He just was like, after he was freaking out, jump back to the new apartment now. He was freaking out, praying. I went and I talked to him and I'm like, are you okay? And he was apologizing. He was putting a cross over my face and he just started praying over me and praying over me. And he was walking through the house. He was like, everybody got to leave. Everybody got to go. They need to go home. So I sent everybody off and told them they needed to leave. And praying through the house. He asked me to have a preacher come over and pray over the house. And I'm like, all right, cool. I will. But before the preacher could even get there, he calls his mom and he looks at me and he was like, I'm sorry, but I can't stay here no more. Like I have to go. And I'm like, what do you mean you have to go? Like you're going for the weekend or what? And he was like, no, like I can't live here. Like I have to leave. And I'm like, you can't leave me. Like, what are you talking about? You're not going anywhere. Like, go clear your head, but you're coming home. Like, you're coming back. And I was begging him not to leave me. And I kept begging and crying and asking him not to leave me. Do not walk out that door. And when he left, his mom came and got him. He took my Bible that I got for my 21st birthday that girl that left in her shoes in a lamp that was shaped like a cross. And I felt like my world was over. I felt like my heart had been ripped out of my chest. And I raced to my room and I just screaming at the top of my lungs, like, help me, help me, God, please help me, help me. And I bared my soul and I cried for about a good 20-30 minutes I was hoarse I couldn't even talk anymore and it felt like somebody kind of like kicked my bed and I just heard a voice say get up you're going to be okay and I was just began looking around at my house and I got up and I walked to the living room and my phone rang And it was a job, a new job asked me to come in for a working interview. And so I just went 
to the work you'll interview like I don't have nothing else to lose like I'm gonna take this job and I'm just gonna do me and I kept trying to call him and call him and call him but from that point on we were never the same and he never really wanted to be with me again and I tried for years after that even to make it work and then I finally got to a point where I was like whatever so months turned into a year years turned into more than that and I'll never forget this night I felt like I had moved on with my life I was going to church regularly I was smiling you know I wasn't doing drugs anymore I was thinking I was happy I was actually learning issues about issues and demons that I needed to deal with during in church and I felt like I had got to a beautiful place. So um, my homegirl, Tree Lee, was having a makeup party. She had a professional makeup artist there. And me and my homegirl, Amia, my sister friend that I met at the church, we were together and we were there. So we were getting our makeup done. I just got beat to the gods, y'all. And I was looking fly, feeling myself. You know, things have worked up for I got a car now. I'm working. Like, I was doing real good for myself. And, you know, I kept a good relationship with Juice's parents throughout the years. And so I get a call from Pops' home. And I'm like, oh, what's up, Pops? How you doing? And it's Juice. And he was like, hey. And I'm like, hey, like, how you doing? And he was like, I'm good, but I I really want to see you. I need to see you. And I'm like, well, what do you need to see me for? And he goes, I just need to talk to you about some things like I know a lot of the stuff that I did was effed off and I really just I want to talk to you and ask friends and just get some things off my chest and apologize and stuff and I'm like he was like I really messed up and I know that you're the one for me and like I just really need to see you and we got to talk about this in person so I'm like well I'm busy right now but I hit you up when I'm done and so I'm telling him yeah like that was Juice. He just called me like this. She was like, nope, do not go over there. And I'm like, I think I should just go see what he has to say. And she kept telling me, she was like, you don't need to hear anything he has to say. Like, she knows everything that happened. Um, I've been very transparent as far as, like, in my church life about everything that's been going on. And she's my sister friend. So she knows more, you know, than a lot of people know. I was very, very just open and honest with a lot of people about what happened after I was out of that situation. So... She was like, no. And she was like, well, fine. If you're going to go and y'all just friends, she was like, then I'm going to come with you. And then I looked at her and I'm like, no, like, no, like I'm going to go and I'm going to go by myself. And she was like, all right, but I'm telling you, you should not go. But if you're going to go, you're going to do what you want to do. So I ended up leaving the makeup party and I dip out there, always just Johnny on the damn spot when it came to him. And so I get there and he's telling me everything I always thought he should be, how he's so sorry and he just needs a second chance. He just wants it to be me and him and that, you know, he wants to make things right. And he loves me so much. And I'm thinking everything is so romantic and like, this is just so beautiful, but I'm looking at the potential and not the reality. Like the reality is, and I didn't know it at this time is that this man is homeless and he needs somewhere to stay. And he's going to go back to where he always know he can go back to, which is you. Um, he was just using me once again. So we spent that whole weekend together. We kissing, we're having sex. We just holding hands, taking walks. 
it was just for that moment, I felt like, oh my God, like I knew he was always going to come back. I knew he was going to get his stuff together. And so his mom was opening up a new um, hotel. And so they were out in Tempe. And so I'm calling the room number and we talking. I mean, we talking for hours every single night after this. And then all of a sudden I can't get in contact with him anymore. And then I'm like, well, what the heck's going on? I'm calling mom. I'm calling pops. I can't get in contact with him. So I was already on edge like, okay, well, we didn't use protection. So I'm going to wait two weeks and then I'm going to go to the doctor to make sure I don't have his baby. Right. And so time goes by. I can't get in contact with him. And then when I finally do, he's like, damn, like, why are you calling me so much? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're going back to here again? Like, I don't even know why I wasted my time. Like, I should have just left you alone where you were. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting for them two weeks to clear so I could go get tested and go take a pregnancy test and just make sure I'm good. And I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous. I was always nervous that I was going to have a baby by him, but I never did. And so two weeks go by, still no contact from him. He's MIA. And... I go, I get tested. I said, I want to take pregnancy tests. I want to take uh, all the STD testing and do everything that I want to, I need to do. And they're like, okay, cool. No problem. So I take my testing. And as I'm waiting in that time period, the three to five business days for my test results to come back, I find this little tiny white bump on my lip. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I've never had that before. Like, and I've had like a bump on my lip before, but this one was different. It wasn't big. It was very, very small. And like on the inside of my lip, but I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So I'm shitting bricks at this point. And I'm like, what is going on? So I get that call like, and it's the nurse's uh, doctor's assistant. She's like, Hey, you know, your doctor just wants you to come in. She wants to talk to you about some of the results and da da da. And I'm like, wait, what? I said, she'll never call me in and talk about some results. Why does she want to talk to me now? And she was like, well, hold on. Here's Dr. Hahn. And so I'm like, what? The doctor don't ever get on the phone and tell me to come back in. She was like, hey, everything's fine, but I just know how you are. And I want to just talk to you in person. Are you able to come back in? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Like, when's the next? She was like, just come in today. And I'm like, okay. So as I'm sitting there, I'm on the way. I'll leave work early, like, because I'm too, I'm too much of an anxious, nervous person. So I, <laughs> I leave work, like, look, I gotta go. My doctor called me, and I gotta go. So I go to the doctor's, and she was like, "Hey, how you feeling?" I'm like, "I'm good, but what's going on?" And she was like, "Okay, so you're really fine. You are." She was like, "You're negative for this, negative for that." She was like, "But you did test positive for herpes one." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Like, what did you just say to me?" She was like, I just want you to just relax, though, because it's really quite common and you don't really have much to worry about. And I'm like, just stunned. And I'm like, well, okay, well, how do we take care of it? But in my mind, I already knew that there was no cure for herpes. But I'm like, how can I get rid of this? Like, what do I need to do? And so she's telling me that, you know, at this point, there's no cure, but all you can do is just you know, cure the symptoms. And I'm just like, what does this mean? Like, what are you saying to me? Like, I just don't understand. Like, please just tell me what we can do to take care of this. I don't want to live with this for the rest of my life. And I'm trying not to cry. And she was like, I'm sorry, Rebecca, but at this point, 
you are going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And you have to be really careful because this is highly contagious. And you do not have to have sex with somebody to transmit this. And I'm like, what? And she was like, yes, like if you like, if it's on your lip and you touch your lip, then it's on your hand and you could just shake someone's hand. And if they touch something, then it could just easily be spread. And she was like, that's why it's one of the most common, um, common STDs, you know, known because so many people have it, but they don't even know because it doesn't even always show symptoms. And she's just telling me that, you know, you got to be careful when you decide to have kids because, if you have an outbreak and you have your you know, your baby can touch, come into contact with it and things like this. And she's just saying all this stuff to me. And I'm just like, I stop hearing at a certain point. And then I was just so ashamed and I was just so heartbroken that after everything he had already put me through, I would have to live with a little piece of him for the rest of my life. My life is forever changed because of him. And here I am worrying about being pregnant because I don't want to have his kids. Here I was, the woman that prided herself on being a good girl, passing out, pass, turning down, penis and vagina all the time just so I could be a good girl and I didn't want to be sleeping around with a whole bunch of people and I felt so nasty I felt so disgusting and I was angry I was beyond angry mostly with myself but I had nothing but rage and hatred for him. And I just was like, wow, this is my life. So now at this point, she gives me the medicine, give me the medicine to take care of the outbreak. And it's uh, herpes one. And I started doing my research. And so I'm like, well, at the time, it was like 67% of the world's population has it. And then a huge percent of that doesn't even know that they have it. And it's like with the cold sore family and things like that. So now I'm just in a, a mode of research and then seeing if I know anybody who has it and how do they deal with it and things like that. But what I really just wanted to tell y'all is that you never know what a person that you're dealing with is going through or what they're dealing with. And it's your job. You got to learn to protect yourself because he was whispering all those sweet nothing in my ears. But I never once decided to say, hey, well, what have you ever... I never even thought to ask him to put on a condom just because we never use condoms. I never once thought to protect myself and I put that trust in somebody who clearly never gave two rats but about me you know what I'm saying and here I am giving him my life and so I was angry and I was so mad like how could this happen to me I started thanking God because I could have had HIV 
You know, I could have had something that's going to not be curable and eventually take me out. I just got to be cautious now about how I do things and how I move, you know? And I just want you guys to know, it was really, really hard. It still is really, really hard for me to share this because I just see when I hear things and just not even saying anything, how people treat other people who have herpes. Like there's some type of leper or they have some type of disease that you can get from sneezing. And I'm just letting y'all know, like, I'm sharing my story so that you guys can be safer. Like, get tested. Make sure your partners are getting tested. And do not, y'all, if you're in a toxic situation and this person is dragging you through the mud constantly, please, please let this story be a warning don't let that person take you on a journey that you can never get off of. Don't let them alter your life forever. If you see the red flags, you know you ain't supposed to be there. Get out while you can still get out. Get out while you have your life. Get out while you have your health. Because a broken heart, a broken spirit can be repaired. Because God is greater than all those issues. And God is greater than herpes too. And so while I've dreaded and I've kept this secret for years, not wanting to tell people because I was scared of what people might think about me and call me dirty, but the whole time I was doing it to myself anyway. So it is what it is. And I don't even know how else to close this out, but I love you guys. Please be safe out here in these streets. You do not have to be a hoe to get a sexually transmitted disease. You do not have to be sleeping with a whole bunch of people to get herpes. You can get herpes from the testers at the makeup counter, using someone's makeup brushes. Like there's just so many different ways eating and drinking after people. So please don't think that you have to be out sleeping with a whole bunch of people or that it can't happen to you. I never thought anything like this would happen to me because I always was very safe. I always made sure I wasn't being a hoe, to, you know, to say. I made sure I wasn't sleeping around. And it happened, you guys. It happened to me. And it's time for me to stop running from it. And it's time for me to put it out there. Because you know what? Nothing is going to stop me from getting to where I need to go. And if that means I got to tell the entire world that I got herpes, then so be it because I will reach the next level. I'm not gonna keep plateauing here because I'm ashamed and I'm fearful of what people are gonna say about me. People's thoughts be damned. It is what it is. I know that I'm still wonderful and fearfully made. I know that I'm a queen who's on her way to becoming a goddess and nothing's gonna stop that. I'm chosen and it's cool and it's all right to say that and to feel like, sexy and beautiful and intelligent and dope and still inspired and encouraging to other women because you never know what somebody's going through. You never know. So I know this episode was really heavy, but if you guys have stuck it all the way out to the end, I just thank you very much. Um, And yeah, I'm open book. So if you guys have any questions, Please, no negative comments. If you have a negative comment, please keep it to yourself. 
because while I'm here to help people and uh, share my story, y'all know I'm a little crazy at the end of the day. So <laughs> let's keep it um, positive, please. And um, if you got something bad to say, just keep it to yourself because nobody needs that negative energy. And yeah, like I said, you guys remember to please get tested. It's so important for you, for your loved ones, for your significant other. Um, go get tested. Why not? All right, you guys, I love y'all. Remember to love yourself, stay true, and I will see you guys on the next one. Blessings.